The Nationals solidify their coaching staff. And what is the greatest position of need that Mike Rizzo needs to address this offseason? I'll discuss next on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. to this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at TalkNats. Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Take 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code MINUTECAST at Manscaped.com. We're also brought to you by SeatGeek. Take $20 off your first ticket purchase when you use promo code TalkNats at SeatGeek.com, that's promo code T-A-L-K-N-A-T-S for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Yes, that works on Capitals tickets, Wizards, Commanders, Music, Comedy, and so much more. $20 off at SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by HairClub.com. Live your best hair life, and you can do that with the folks at HairClub. Just check the show description for more details. So in today's edition of the Talk Nats podcast, we talk about what is the greatest position of need for the Washington Nationals. I guess kind of the no-brainer thing, well, would be to say they all need to be addressed as this is a team in rebuild. But I have got to say that the biggest position of need, and this should come as no surprise, is pitching. Starting pitching, relief pitching, I think it all needs to be addressed. Listen, we have a lot of prospects, a lot of maybes. There's not a lot of sure things when it comes to the national starting uh, pitching staff there. If you take a look at Josiah Gray, started the season really well, went to the went to the all-star break, and then after that, he slid a little bit, worked on his mechanics uh, towards the end of the season, but ultimately not a sure thing. Same thing goes for Mackenzie Gore, Cade Cavalli, uh, Adone. You take a look at Williams. You take a look at Corbin. A lot of question marks that need to be answered, and question marks are not a thing that you want to have when you go into a team that is trying to compete in Major League Baseball. Uh, I know that there are a lot of question marks when you are a team and rebuild, but you don't need too many question marks, most notably at the pitching position. Uh, if you're going to have any hopes of winning, you need to have rock-solid pitching. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, take a look at the 2019 Nationals or you know, just the, the, the other years when it was Scherzer, when it was Frostburg. Uh, you, know, you take a look back over the years Years when they've had rock solid pitching identity pitchers, that is when the team has done the best. So, as suffices to say, that is something uh, that needs to be addressed. And one of the things that Andrew Golden of the Washington Post spoke of that the club is open to additions all over the roster is hardly surprising since they have been aggressively rebuilding for a while now. The past few years have seen Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, Juan Soto. And many others flipped for prospects, leading to the Nationals finishing last in the National League East three years running. 
This is not a trend that we want to see continue. We want to see the Nationals compete. At the end of the day, it's all about butts and seats, ticket sales, people buying hot dogs and beer, you know, adding to revenue for the team. If there's not any butts and seats, if there's not people eating hot dogs or drinking Miller High Life, then there is not going to be a lot of revenue generated for your club. So at the end of the day, that is what it is all about is, you know, winning product means having people at the game. People at the game means the team is profitable. What a novel thought, right? But just to take a look at the pitching side, the club had a collective earn run average of 5.02, a mark that topped just the Royals, Athletics and Rockies, the starting staff and the relief corps were equally ineffective as both groups had matching ERAs at the 5.02 figure. So again, flashes of greatness, prospects, question marks, we saw how that played out for the Nationals this last year. It, it played out as quite a horrible team, a team that had flashes of greatness, but no sustainable winning. So that is one of the things that they need to work on. And Steven Strasburg is still on the roster, although he won't be a factor going forward. It's been known for some time that his battle with thoracic outlet syndrome isn't going to allow him to compete at a major league level. He and the Nats were discussing a retirement deal last year, even though his contract runs through 2026 uh this piece in mlb trade rumor so uh, uh you have steven strasburg on the team but he is not going to be able to help the team as him retiring is all over just for an official statement uh we know we, what he meant for this team uh, his many great contributions and it's funny that shortly after he signed that big deal that is when everything fell apart for him so that being said the, the pitching needs to be addressed. So taking a look at starting in particular, without Strasburg, the rotation currently consists of Corbin, Gray, Gore, Irvin, and Williams. Corbin hasn't been terrible effectively lately, uh, with his strikeout rate having dropped in each of the past four years, but he will likely continue to hold a place based on his contract. So that is the frustrating part that we know that uh, Patrick Corbin has been less than stellar for the Nationals, even though he himself showed flashes of greatness. Uh, it was not sustainable. The final year of his deal, since he's a fairly reliable inning eater, the Nats will likely give him the ball every fifth day as they manage the workloads of their younger pitchers. Um, so it is a, a difficult position for the Nationals to be in as they have a lot of placeholders, if you will. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Patrick Corbin in particular. Irvin uh, showed flashes of greatness, and Trevor Williams, I would say, uh, was disappointing. So again, there are players, uh, again, Cade Cavalli was poised to be on this team last year, but injury, well, he's not going to be back with the Nationals until at least June. Gray had a 3.91 ERA, ERA last year, but may have been lucky to do so. His 20.5 strikeout rate, 11.5 walk rate, and 37.8 ground ball rate were all the worse in the league. An 80.4 strand rate likely helped to keep some runs off the board. Gore had better peripherals, but allowed more home runs, leading to a 4.42 ERA. Both of them are still fairly young. Gray going into his 26 campaign, and Gore, his 25, uh, and neither has reached arbitration yet. They will hope to be in the rotation next year, as the Nats hope they take a step forward in 2024. Steps forward. Uh, they won more games this last year than they did the year before, but still not competing. 
Uh, there was no chance that there was any hope for playoffs for the Nationals. I guess if they went on, on this huge run towards the end of the season, there were a lot of people that saying, is this team going to do it? Are they going to go on a run here towards the end of the year? Uh, that was not the case, as we know. They ended a disappointing year. Steps forward, but ultimately not where they wanted to be. So the disappointment is Williams. He signed a two-year deal with the Nats last offseason. But the first season of that contract didn't go well as he posted a 5.55 ERA over 30 starts. Similar to Corbin, he could serve an innings eater role for the club is less likely committed to Williams. Um, again, a placeholder. So you have a placeholder in Corbin and Williams, guys that can quote-unquote eat innings. That, that is not a formula for success. We need dominant starting pitching to keep the Nationals in the game. You know, we can get into the offense and hitting on a later podcast, but pitching has always kind of been one of the Achilles, most notably the bullpen, I guess, of this team. Uh, they've had years where it's been pretty great, but the Nats also have a Doan, Thaddeus Ward, Rutledge, uh, on the roster, though each of those guys is likely stuck in a depth role until they have better results. Uh, given the current options, it's fair to see how Rizzo could find room for an external addition or two. Again, Jackson Rutledge uh, showed flashes of greatness when he had his opportunity in Yoan Adone. Again, he uh, hot or cold, you didn't really know what to expect, so there's not a lot of steady eddies. Guys on the team that you ultimately know are going to be the guys to get it done on a night in and night out basis. That is not the formula for success and definitely something that Mike Rizzo has to address. All right, so coming up here after the break, we will talk about how the coaching staff has been solidified. And one of those coaches is definitely a fan favorite. Who am I talking about? I'll discuss next. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's the most revolutionary ball trimmer the world has ever seen. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra. Featuring the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, we're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultrasphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code MINUTECAST. High tech for low places, Manscaped. We also have dual LED spotlights to provide contrast on multiple skin tones, three length setting combs, and oh, did I mention this? The trimmer is waterproof too. Also inside this package features the Weed Whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop soother toner, and two free gifts. The Weed Whacker 2.0 also features skin safe technology, what's helped prevents nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations, the Crop Soother, Aftershave, Lotion, and Crop Preserver, Anti-Chafe Ball Deodorant. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 5.0, the Manscaped Boxers 2.0, and the Shed 2.0 Travel Bag. Bring your travel and comfort game to another level. Get 20% off plus free shipping with promo code MINUTECAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with promo code M-I-N-U-T-E-C-A-S-T at manscaped.com. I can promise you you've never seen a ball trimmer look like a spaceship. Get yours today from our folks at Manscaped. Hello and welcome back into this edition of the Talk Nats podcast, part of the 
Believe Podcast Network. I am so glad you decided to join me as we continue to talk baseball this offseason for the Washington Nationals. I wouldn't have it any other way. So taking a look at the coaching staff, uh, Para. Uh, Gerardo Para is a fan favorite on the Nationals. Para is the first base coach for the Nationals. Yes, Baby Shark Para that we all know on this team um, who showed some production on this team but ultimately was more about being a motivating factor. Uh, again, he was loved by the fan base, but uh, it is a great to have him on, on board. Of course, Davey Martinez is the manager. Uh, so just taking a look at it um, and taking a look at the coaching staff, I think that it's ultimately about trying to jumpstart uh, this team and getting productivity and maybe a bit of a change will be what the doctor ordered. Para played for six teams during his 12-year career, but that time with the Nationals was the most memorable. His unusual choice of walk-up song in 2019 made his uh, home at bat something of an event. The Nationals went on to win the World Series that year, and the song was so closely associated with the season that it was actually referenced in the team's World Series rings. Um, again, you know, what? if I, you know, kind of reflect back on Para and what kind of player he was for the Nationals, he was more of what I would call a heart and soul player. Not necessarily a guy that was getting great production, but was a motivator and uh, just, I think, you know, a guy that was good for morale on the team. Para last played in 2021 when he appeared in 53 games for the Nats. He has worked for the organization in the front office since his retirement. Uh, so it will be interesting to see what the changes for coaches uh, will bring for the Nationals. Um, it, it can't hurt at the end of the day. I don't know if, you know, the coaches that were on the team uh, necessarily affected too much of the outcome. I think you could have had the greatest hitting coach, the greatest pitching coach. But if you're managing subpar talent, well, that is only going to go so far. So what we hope for the Nationals is steps forward that, you know, this new coaching staff can help bring this team where it needs to go. And that's to be a competitive team at the end of the day. What a novel thought. Competitive baseball. Um, I talk about the Capitals on Locked On Capitals, and they are facing a rebuild. Uh, I think that a, a lot of times when people look at rebuilds, they think it's going to be easy, just a snap of the fingers, and, and these young players will get integrated, and it'll mean winning baseball. Well, we've seen that hasn't been the case for the Nationals, and uh, hopefully they can continue in their strides for being a competitive team. I want to thank you once again for joining me on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast, simulcast on the Believe in Nationals podcast feed, and I'll talk to you next time.